Welcome to the Key Beauty Podcast, a love letter to all things Key Beauty, hosted by me, Sugar Peaches, from Sugar Peaches Loves, a German and English beauty blog dedicated to beauty products from around the world, with a special passion for Asian and indie brands. Welcome back everyone to another episode for the year 2019. This time we're diving straight into the year ahead of us as I discuss my craves of the year. My personal wish list of key beauty products I'm hoping to try out in 2019. So let's cozy up with a hot cuppa and maybe your favorite cheat mask and let's get started. Hey guys, hope you're all doing great and happy to be back with you. Also, a big hello to all the new listeners to this podcast. I received a shout out on the Reddit Asian Beauty Forums and, um, well, that actually led to a whole wave of new listeners and downloads, which is really exciting, but also I was so slightly nerve-wracking to know that more people are now listening to me. But uh, yeah, hi, welcome. So last time I told you all about my key beauty favorites of 2018. And I already hinted at this week's topic. I just feel that logically it makes sense to follow up the faves of last year with the craves for this year, right? Now I can't say that I will actually be able to try out all the products that I'll be discussing today, but I think that most of us skincare or makeup lovers usually have a longer wish list than we realistically anticipate to actually try out, am I right? Especially when it comes to skincare, we only have one face, unfortunately, or maybe that's better because how weird would that look. But anyway, skincare needs a bit of time to actually work and there's only a certain limited area where we can apply our skincare. So spread over one year, there really is only so much you can try, no matter how long your wish list is. So realistically, I probably won't get to all the products. I mean, who knows? But I'm assuming not everything will actually happen this year. And while not everyone has an open budget for all the luxury skincare items you might covet. I certainly don't. And even though I do get sent PR samples once in a while, it is nowhere near as much as some of the big influencers get. I have also stopped applying for most of these so-called review events on Instagram, where brands ask you to post a product review in exchange for quote-unquote free products. So lately I haven't gotten as much stuff as I did before, but to be honest, I'm quite okay with that because okay this might be a bit of a deviation <laughs> so maybe skip that maybe I have to uh, put a little note in the episode notes but I kind of do want to talk about this right now about these review events because I see more and more people signing up for them and there's always this wave of 50 or even 100 people all reviewing the same product at the same time on Instagram so I've just been noticing it a lot lately the thing about those again quote-unquote free products is the fact that they really aren't free. In fact, you provide free advertising for a brand who, yes, does give you a sample of their skincare, but you see, that doesn't cost them much at all. Whereas actual advertising and paying professionals to advertise for a product, that costs a lot of money. Paying a photographer or paying, well, an influencer or blogger to provide content, that costs money. See, the brands will likely use your images from that review event and so many of you do so such beautiful work on Instagram when you review those products. A lot of your pictures look highly professional and amazing. And then the brand will regram them and very often they can now tag them with a direct purchasing link to their shops. So they are making money off your image or your images and your words because again they often regram or even put the reviews that you wrote on their shop side or on their brand side. So they profit tremendously from your work and what do you get for that? A quote-unquote free product 
product that probably cost the brand a couple of dollars, if that. And I mean, that's fine. And I certainly get it. It's lovely to receive lovely skincare. And as a blogger, I totally understand how amazing it is to get a newly released product. I mean, I still do reviews for product very often. So I'm certainly not free of this at all. I'm in the same trap of constantly providing free content, free advertising for a nice product that I want to try out and really want my readers to learn about. But more and more, I see a lot of brands asking for some crazy requirements when it comes to those reviews. So many people sign away their rights to product images, for instance, or as is the case with those style Korean, I think they're called Review Me brand or know me review me brand reviews or something like that you always get a huge box of stuff so a lot of people sign up for those I have done this once but I don't do it anymore because if you agree especially as a blogger if you agree to blog about the style Korean whatever it is box of Blythe products then style Korean actually gets the right to republish the entire review on their site as in they copy and paste your hard work onto their site and that can lead to all sorts of problems for you well first of all again they just take your entire work and a blog article takes a lot of work an Instagram image does take a lot of work especially if it's a highly polished one secondly if you have a blog then Google might think that you duplicated that content from Style Korean because Style Korean will probably rate higher the page will probably have a higher page ranking than your blog and you will have double or copied content and this will not be a problem for style korean as much as for you so again the entity that profits from the quote-unquote free product is the brand 100% if you don't get anything else just the product and you put your heart and soul into the review and then it's being used to sell product for probably hundreds if not thousands of dollars it's it's just starting to annoy me more and more that this happens more and more, especially because so many people in the Asian beauty community are so passionate, are such good writers, are such good photographers, much better than me, much, much better. Some of them look like completely professional product photography. And I just feel people should be compensated for their work, especially if it's used directly to sell products. That's just how I feel. And this is also why I have actually started to rigorously ask especially smaller shops that I have absolutely zero connection to. I have shops from India, Singapore, Nigeria, just places where I, I've never worked with these people. I don't know these people. And then they use my images to sell products from their shop. And again, they place their purchasing link on those images. And I just... <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore because this is my work and I work hard for what I produce. And as of now, very few brands pay me for my work. And these shops don't give me anything for that. And just an FYI, in case you don't know this, and I think a lot of people are still confused about this. No, just because someone tags you when they regram you doesn't mean that this is legally okay. You still have the copyright for your own image and you do not need to allow them to regram your picture at any time you can launch one of those copyright claims with Instagram what I usually do is I politely ask them to take down the image and then I wait a little bit and just in case they block me because this has happened before I note down the URL for the image because you will need that later if you do lodge a copyright complaint and if they don't take down the image or if they get pissed which has happened a lot people get really angry at me for claiming my rights and then I lodge a copyright claim and that's that and I really have at this point in time zero sympathy for these people because they are business they're selling stuff they have the money to hire a product photographer or do the photography themselves if I were a really cheeky blogger and would also I guess trust my own uh, skills as a photographer more 
a lot of bloggers actually have started billing the people who steal their images to sell products. So they just send them an online bill and say, okay, you've used my content, so it costs you that and that much money. Please uh, make sure to uh, transfer the money. <laughs> Apparently... It's always very interesting what happens then. But as I said, I don't, I'm not that brave yet. But yes, I'm brave enough now to, it's always a bit annoying to do, especially as I said, because some of them get pissy. But yep, I just, I've become pretty brutal with this. Because the thing is, you do not get anything out of this. I just wish more people would say no to these types of review deals and value their own work as content creators more. Even if the whole social media thing is for many just a hobby. Even a hobby costs time and effort and if you, a hobby content creator, does something for free that others would, I think, rightfully charge for, then that's a problem that I feel needs to be addressed more. Because brands will always, always always try to exploit us. The nicest brands in the world, the most niche brands with the nicest people behind them. I still have had so many of them try to sneakily manipulate you, emotionally manipulate you into creating free advertising, free content, free blog posts, free articles, free images for them. And you are the one who invests all the time and effort into this. And you know, while I'm at it, completely deviating from the actual topic. Don't worry, we got back to it. But while I'm at it, from my experience, a so-called shout out from a big brand on social media rarely has any effect on my following whatsoever, especially on Instagram. I don't think I've ever had a big brand regramming me and I got, I don't know, even probably even a single follower from that, let alone likes on my own image. I've had so many images reposted by Wish Trend or Soko Glam once regrammed me. Pixie Beauty reposted a couple of images and then they get thousands of likes. Of course, because they have, I don't know, a hundred thousand followers and I have not even four thousand at this point. Makes sense. They get thousands of likes, but it is my image, just not on my account, where it probably usually gets like 200 if I have a good day. People are nice. And I, again, don't get a single follower out of it. Most people don't even get that this is the image from someone else. I have actually started, this is maybe a bit pedantic, but I've actually started when I see a brand use an image that I know is from another blogger or content creator, I now always go to that person's original image and leave a like there because it's so frustrating how the work from these people, from these beautiful images only benefits the brands. The worst thing that ever happened to me was actually when Soko Glam regrammed one of my images, but they regrammed it from Wishtrend's regram. So Soko Glam thought it was an official Wishtrend image. I mean, flattering, I guess, but I wasn't even tagged in it. No one knew it was my image. And again, it got thousands of likes. I did tell Soko Glam and they changed it, but that was I think five days later and I mean you know how Instagram works no one cares about an image anymore after five days so yeah and I'm pretty sure they also tagged it like linked it to their shop so again they sold a lot of product and I got well nothing out of the whole thing so bottom line and I'm so sorry for this rant it went on much longer than I thought but I just ugh, I just keep seeing this more and more how I feel a lot of incredibly gifted people sell themselves short and get manipulated and exploited by brands for a quote-unquote free sheet mask or a box of products and again I don't want to say it's always bad to exchange change a review for free product it can be beneficial if you have a blog if you want to create content if you want to review stuff for your readers and for your community then of course you get something out of that that is more than just a free product and I totally understand that but in the long term just watch what is being used from your 
hard work and how it's used and if you are okay with a brand making profit off of your work just keep an eye on it evaluate it and always read the fine print as I said Style Korean actually asks you to basically sign away the entire rights to your entire blog content and then they can copy and paste it and put it on their own website and I would really strongly advise against that no matter how amazing <laughs> their box is And I mean, I've been tempted to sign up again and then I have to remind myself that I should value my own work more and that I'd rather go without products for a while or maybe just show the products I already have or invest my own money. But then I have the freedom to create what I want to create or maybe finally have a few brands who actually pay me for the work that I do. And I really think there are so many fantastic Asian beauty vloggers and bloggers and especially Instagrammers that actually deserve to be paid for their work is what I think, whether it's a hobby or not. We need to stop, I feel, allow brands who have a lot of money for marketing to exploit us. So that's the last word on that. I'm so sorry for this rant, but I feel much better now, I have to say. <laughs> And now on to the actual topic. So, um, yeah, my Korean products skincare beauty wish list for 2019 which is the actual topic and we are totally going to talk about this now and I'm not gonna get annoyed or angry anymore because I'm talking about what I love. I decided to first talk about a few brands that are actually newly on my radar for 2019 and then mention some single products I hope to try from a variety of brands. Now not all of the brands and products are actually new or newly launched but they are mostly new to me or sometimes they aren't new but I am really determined to finally try them out this year after I've been longingly glancing at them on my computer screen for a long time. All right let's dive into some of the brands I hope to get to know better in 2019. First off a brand that definitely is new at all. I've been aware of it probably since almost 2017, which wasn't that just yesterday? Ugh, time flies. It's becoming more readily available at the moment. A couple of key beauty shops, global ones, have taken on a lot of their products. So they've kind of gotten back on my radar lately. And of course, I'm talking about Wound Gene Effect, which again, pronunciation, not sure about it, should be roughly correct enough for you to recognize the name. So this is a derma brand, which strongly reminds me of Belief, actually. And it's not quite as pricey, so that's good. Their Water Bomb Cream is probably the best known product from the brand. And it's also the product that reminds me so strongly of the Belief. I think it's called the Aqua Bomb Cream. They even have a similar name, so makes sense that I would think of of belief. And I can't really say if they copied each other. I don't know which brand brought out their own bomb cream first. I have no idea. Maybe they kind of developed them side by side because it was a trend. It's really hard to say for me. But in any case, the Wonjin Effect Water Bomb Cream sounds very promising indeed. And well, it's it's a lot cheaper than the belief one, which I think is quite overpriced. I don't know. Maybe it is amazing. I've never tried it, but I always I'm a bit suspicious about About the pricing of these products. The water bomb cream has a cream texture so it's not watery or gel-like. It's not like a lightweight gel but people who have used it and reviewed this all say it apparently melts into a more watery texture once you apply it to the skin and it doesn't seem too heavy or too rich for my combo skin type. I feel this would be perfect for anyone with strongly dehydrated skin and potentially a great summer moisturizer For those of you with dry skin, it should be strongly moisturizing enough to deal with the dryness, but not making you feel like, well, like a greased up pig in the heat. I mean, seriously, dry skin people, how do you deal with the summer heat? I do admire you. I'm also eyeing up the Wonjin Effect Vita Moist Ampule, which I've seen appear on a number of skincare routine images on Instagram lately. Again, maybe a review event? <laughs> I'm not sure. This is a biphase ampule with a mix of intensely hydrating ingredients such as deep sea water, urea, hyaluronic acid, just to name a few, and moisturizing oils 
such as macadamia, soy and sunflower seed. So you basically shake the ampule and those two phases combine to create, I guess, maybe like an oily, lotion, watery, essence lotion-y type texture? Question mark. It looks pretty neat and I'm just curious what it can potentially do in terms of providing deep hydration and glow. Now, the only thing is that the ampule and cream both contain alcohol. So the question is, of course, how strongly that will affect the moisturizing strength of the products. A bit of alcohol is usually okay for me, but especially with the ampule, I'm a tad worried that the alcohol content may be higher than what my skin can tolerate. I guess I can only try it out. I have also heard good things about the One Gene Effect Water Bomb Mask. This is a three-step sheet mask, which also contains a little sachet with toner and one with a concentrated ampule style gel. Step three is the sheet mask then, of course. This sounds like it will be a great mask, especially for the price, which is very fair for all the products I find. I really love multi-step mask kits. They're just really convenient, especially for travel or when your skin just needs a good pick-me-up. These cost around $4, so I think that's pretty good considering you get three skincare steps. Funnily enough, Wound Gene Effect actually emailed me last year in summer and they told me they wanted to send me some samples but then they never sent me anything and they actually ghosted me. I tried to contact them because I always feel if you promise me something and then I never hear from you that's a bit strange so I always at least ask and try to find out what happened because they actively contacted me I never contacted them so anyway they never wrote back I think I emailed them twice so no idea what happened there very sad because I am really curious about their products but you know I'll just grab a mask in a sale or something maybe but yeah won't Jean call me <laughs> I'm still keen. Next up is a brand I believe I may have mentioned here before. I did mention it in a German blog article a few weeks ago, which was all about organic K-beauty brands. The brand's name is Root Tree and it is a really really fascinating brand indeed. I really want to do a podcast about organic K-beauty at some point in time but the thing holding me back a little right now is that it's really difficult to find out information about the well the the validity of the organic claims of the brands to be honest. The only two brands where I can be a hundred percent certain that they are certified organic are Wamisa and Chops Organic. Since these two both carry a few international labels which prove their organic status in a way that that I can verify and understand because I know the labels. The others I'm considering talking about have all well, sadly ignored my emails and since I don't read or speak Korean it's super hard to find out how valid these organic claims are. I really tried to politely ask them maybe they felt offended I don't know. I just want to understand what organic means within the context of their brand. It's if it's natural or if it's actually certified organic it's very hard to understand again because I don't speak or read Korean that of course is my own problem as a silly foreigner <laughs> now that being said I feel pretty certain that Rootree is a bona fide organic brand with a very strong ethical commitment to reduce their carbon footprint and their packaging waste the brand's name consisting of root and tree of course or already hints towards the main ingredient and branding focus. And yep, eh, they win most of their star ingredients from trees. And their packaging is also tree or rather wood based. It's pretty neat, huh? Their packaging looks so cool. The really cool thing here is that Root Tree focuses on native Korean trees and shrubs, such as the so-called Korean Dendropanax, the Jeju Cedar Tree and the Camphor tree. Pretty interesting, right? I've never really heard of another skincare brand with such unique ingredients and so I have been super curious about the Root Tree products for a while. The thing is, it's near impossible to get my hands on the products here in Germany. I even emailed the brand a couple of times. I think three or four times I really have to stop emailing them, but I never heard back. I don't know, maybe it's the wrong email address. I used the email address provided on their 
site on the international site and they encouraged people to contact them and that's what it did i really don't understand why brands do this why do they tell you to email them and then they don't reply this has even happened to me as a customer not just a blogger because that i get i guess because so many bloggers just ask for quote-unquote free products and so i understand that brands are getting annoyed with bloggers i totally get that there's some shameless bloggers out there no doubt about it. But I didn't even ask for any of that. I just really wanted basic information so that I can talk about them in my podcast. I, I don't know. It must be a translation problem. I wish I spoke Korean. Be that as it may, my curiosity about the brand is still pretty much unbroken. And it seems like there may soon be a potential purchasing option for us international skincare lovers. Since Beauty Tab is now listing Rootry as a brand in the their shop. Now, as of yet, they haven't actually listed any products, just the brand, but I'm hoping that will change soon. They did write an article on their blog about Rootry a couple of months ago already, so I feel they're kind of slowly introducing the brand, hopefully to a more global audience, and then maybe I can get my hands on a few products. They sound so good. Another apparently organic or near organic question mark, green nature base. Uh, it's so difficult to tell. <laughs> I think it's pretty much organic. Anyway, it's called Bodiani. So Bodiani is a brand that I randomly discovered on Instagram, as I tend to do. And I've been pretty obsessively stalking their social media presence ever since. They remind me a bit of Aromatica, another organic K-beauty brand, but with a sexier, more unique ingredient list, I would say, and quite more interesting packaging. Now, it's difficult for me to find 100% definite info on the brand because, again, it's all in Korean, but their website lists a whole number of very cool-sounding products. I'm mostly fascinated by their sheet masks, to be honest. They have a royal honey and pumpkin mask that both sound awesome, especially the pumpkin mask. Oh, it sounds so good. And then their facial mists also really speak to me. There is a neroli and a rose one, both of them featuring carrot seed oil for extra deep nourishment, which I find very interesting. Carrot seed oil is kind of a German thing. We've been using that for decades, especially in organic skin. Uh, Skincare. I never knew that Koreans also seem to use this. It's a very interesting and very beneficial oil for skincare. It's very rich and very nourishing. And here comes another organic K-beauty brand. Maybe this is my thing in 2019 that I'm currently stalking on social media and that, again, I don't really know that much about, except that I just covet their products <laughs> greatly. And it's called G Organic. Again, this is not a cheap brand. Most of those more luxury organic brands are pricey. Wamisa isn't cheap either. But the quality of the products does seem to justify the pricing. But I'm just going by ingredient list alone. So hmm, who knows? The G Organic Galactomyces Intensive Oil Serum keeps appearing in my Instagram feed. And every time I feel intensely drawn to it. No surprises there since I'm a fan of the skin brightening abilities of those ferments. Plus, this oil also contains a dose of Centella Asiatica and delicious Camellia seed oil. And apparently the, the ingredients are all certified organic according to the brand. Their Geogenic Red Yeast Rice Deep Cleansing Oil also sounds delightful. If Google Translate gave me a half-accurate reading, this should contain fermented rice extract as well as 11 types of oils. And it comes in a swanky red bottle. The packaging design for this brand is on point. Minimalist and yet very appealing. Now, as with Rootry, it's a little bit hard to find a way to purchase this outside of Korea, but a European K-beauty shop, which I will try to link in the in the episode notes, does sell some of their products. So I will probably keep them on my wish list, but they are that's quite expensive. I think the uh, Galactomyces oil is like 60 euros or something like that. But nevertheless, it just seems a very promising, very unique and very appealing brand. Now the next 
brand Eco Your Skin has been on my radar for a while now as well. And even though I suspect I'll probably not have the funds to ever purchase anything from their definitely more high-end product range, I just can't stop staring at their really special product design. I definitely want to learn more about this intriguing brand, which is sold at Peach and Lily actually. So at least you North American peeps should be able to get your hands on the products quite easily. They are being described as a Willy Wonka factory for skincare. And if that doesn't catch your attention, I really don't know whatever could. Their packaging design is so special. It's basically like laboratory and or medical equipment. So they have syringes filled with ampule and booster fluids in different colors. They have wash off masks in white pill bottles and essences in what looks like a medical drip. It's just kind of crazy creative. I like it a lot. Eco Your Skin's products look different and just insane enough to make me instantly love the brand. Are they any good long term? I don't know. It might all just be gimmicky nonsense that looks interesting. But the innovation behind the skincare, that special take on skincare that is really fun and playful, that alone makes me want to try them out. Next up, a more traditional brand that is on my 2019 wish list, and it's Oxygen Suticles, who have also ignored all my emails. Ah, this is. Oh well. No, I'm not bitter. I'm just. I just sometimes need to vent a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would classify Oxygen Suticles as a derma brand, very similar to Dermalogica or the K-Beauty equivalent would probably be Ligiham or Igyam. I still have to remember to pronounce it correctly. Igyam. Their product packaging and branding is very clean, very clinical, minimalist, which is always appealing to me. Lots of white and they work with a whole host of appealing skincare ingredients such as licorice root extract, peptides, hyaluronic acid, Centella asiatica, and a number of interesting plant extracts. Now, I really don't know if their whole oxygen-infused skincare spin is anything more than a marketing gimmick, but the products really appeal to me irregardless of the oxygen stuff working or not working. Sadly, again, they are a bit difficult to get here in Europe, but they do have a North American website. So I'll make sure to link that in my episode notes and you could just check. I don't know right now. I didn't study the shipping costs, etc. But at least everything is in English and it has dollar prices, so easier to navigate for you guys. And make sure to check out their fluids, a whole range of different targeted ampule style liquids. They all look delicious and they all have different ingredients. Just oh, I'm very very into them. Uh, they also have a very interesting hyaluronic acid toner and their cell Cooperus Cooperus? I don't know how to pronounce that. Cream. Which looks like a wonderful cream for sensitive skin types with ceramides collagen, green tea extract and peptides. Very very interesting brand especially if you like pharmacy brands, derma brands, clean, minimalist packaging. Not cheap, but I will still keep my eye on the brand and see how they develop. Now, Atto Classic is a brand that I am already well familiar with since I tried and, as you all know, loved the Atto Classic Real Tonic Soothing Essence, which is actually a serum. I've talked about this before. And I also tried their Face Mist, which I also enjoyed tremendously. For 2019, I would just love to try more from this Hanbang brand. Since what I've tried so far I've been deeply in love with and a lot of their other products look just as good. Now since I've talked about Atto Classic on this podcast before I don't want to repeat myself too much and also I'm thinking about doing another brand discovery feature soon where I want to highlight a couple of cool and lesser known K-beauty brands and if I do that then Atto Classic will likely feature there because 
I just think they need more people be aware of them. So the short version of the brand story, it's attached to skin cleaning in Korea. It uses hanbang ingredients, so medicinal plant extracts from traditional Korean medicine and herbalism. And the products are usually formulated for sensitive skin, so they avoid harsh ingredients that could potentially aggravate or cause skin troubles. The products focus on pure, intense hydration and anti-aging and skin brightening benefits. I can attest to both the hydrating aspect as well as the complexion and elasticity improving benefits of their essence slash serum. It's a serum. It's not an essence. Why did they call it essence? Anyway, that is why I'm so eager to try out more from the brand for 2019. And on my wish list for 2019 are the Atto Classic Real Tonic Soothing First Toner and the Atto Classic Real Tonic Calming Smart Lotion. This is their basic toner plus emulsion duo. A lot of brands have those sort of the starter pack i guess to the brand and i think this duo would make a gorgeous hydrating yet not too overpowering combo for my summer skincare routine the products aren't cheap but i think they are actually reasonably priced for what they can do. They are usually between $30 and $40. The essence is worth that money. I would probably even pay $60. Well, I wouldn't because I don't have money. But if I had a proper income, <laughs> it's an actual financial success, then I wouldn't hesitate to spend that money on the essence because it's so, so good. It's just very high quality. And Atto Classic will most definitely stay a very relevant key beauty brand for me throughout 2019 and I hope that it will become more relevant for other people as well because it really deserves it. It's a wonderful brand. All right, so from brands that I want to try or try more of to products on my wish list. This list is um, long. But trust me, I already edited it and left out tons of products. Gotta be uh, semi-reasonable, given that there are only so many days in a year and we are already through the first month of said year. And again, I only have one face. But yes, this is the list of products that I would love to try in 2019. And first up is the I'm From Rice Toner. I have to admit, I kind of overlooked this toner with rice extracts when it came out a while ago. I think beginning of last year, middle of last year, summer around summer or spring. It's been out for a while. I'm from is... <laughs> I think such an understated brand. Sometimes I tend to underestimate what the products can do. I did see that they had launched a rice mask and the rice toner, but after hearing that the mask apparently is not that great, it has really large abrasive rice bits in it that could potentially damage your skin. It's just much too harsh and too coarse. So because of that, I dismissed the toner way too quickly as well, I think. Well, cue the goth mentioning the toner in a number of her videos as one of her favorite toner discoveries of 2018. Well, you can imagine how quickly I added this to my wish list, especially since the ingredient list does actually sound pretty nice. Apart from rice and rice bran extract, this also contains niacinamide, adenosine, and a number of interesting soothing plant extracts such as amaranth seed extract and antioxidant-rich purslane extract. This should be very good at brightening skin and improving skin texture. And apparently it's very milky slash watery in texture. So I'm thinking that it could be quite awesome for hot summer days when more viscous textures can easily feel sticky or tacky. I think I'm not the only one keen on this toner at the moment, however, since it's currently out of stock at Wishtrend. I guess that that's the Gothamista effect when she mentions something, then everyone wants to have it. I am also eyeing up the I'm from Mugwort Essence. Although I haven't heard too many people mention this again after they initially bought it. And that always makes me a bit suspicious when people's initial rave of a product suddenly ebbs off and then they never speak about a product again. Doesn't mean that they've been lying, but it just usually means that hmm, long term it probably wasn't that great after all. But I don't know. I'm, I'm interested 
interested in the ingredient of mugwort. So mm, I'll, I'll keep it I keep it on my radar. Keep it on the wish list. We'll see about that one. But the toner, the rice toner, definitely, definitely very interested. And well, while we are on the subject of Wish Trend brands, Buy Wish Trend has brought out two new products that I'm super keen on. The Buy Wish Trend Acid Duo 2% Mild Gel Cleanser. Oh, those clunky product names. Well, this immediately caught my attention nevertheless because, um, okay, I'm terrible and shallow and easily swayed by silly marketing. Uh, well, yeah, the bottle is pink. It's baby pink. It's really pretty. But um, see, it's actually a really interesting and promising sounding product. It does not just look pretty. I'm not that shallow at all. Um, seriously, this looks super interesting. This is a gel slash jelly cleanser that contains LHA and PHA, two very gentle and non-stripping acids. And according to Wishtrend, the cleanser has the ideal pH value of 5.5. It is free from alcohol, fragrance, and does not contain aggressive surfactants, from what I can tell at first glance. This should be an interesting second-step cleansing option for people with sensitive, acne-prone skin. I'm very curious about this gel cleanser. I think it could be a a very gentle solution that I might be able to recommend, especially to younger readers. I think when you're in your 20s and have oily skin, this might be perfect. Now, the second new addition to the By Wish Trend lineup is even more exciting, I think, than the new cleanser. Now, guys, how often have I raved about the amazing skincare benefits of Propolis on this podcast? That's right, pretty much a gazillion times at this point in time. So, you know by now that I am pretty into propolis and what it can do for my skin. And well, the new by Wish Trend polyphenol in propolis 15% ampule sounds delicious. It contains, of course, propolis extract, but also turmeric extract known to have strong antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties, soothing panthenol, lactobacillus ferment, I love my ferments, and then a whole list of plant extracts, many of them known from traditional Korean herbalism. Oh, I really want to try this ampule. It's free from alcohol, but it does contain witch hazel extract, which some people can be sensitive to, so just be aware of that. Otherwise, though, a very exciting K-Beauty product, which sh should be suitable for oily, combo, and acne-prone skin in particular. Potentially, it could help with clearing up breakouts and even out skin texture issues while acne areas are healing off. And it should also give a nice, healthy glow because that's what the propolis usually does for your skin. Now, Chalon de Paris is a K-Beauty brand that is mostly known for its sheet masks. I was confused by the name Chalon de Paris. So I looked it up and as is often the case with Korean brands trying to sound European and sophisticated, no offense, I think it's just made up out of two words that sounded fancy and French. And Paris, of course, always evokes this quintessential and slightly stereotypical idea of France. And well, Chalon is just a town near Nantes in France. So I don't know, maybe it has a different meaning, but I couldn't find any. Um, yeah, I don't know what Chalon de Paris is supposed to mean. I think it's just nonsense. It's supposed to just sound French and European and fancy, I guess, question mark. <laughs> Be that as it may, the Chalon de Paris sheet masks look very appealing. I don't know if it's just the very chic product packaging that draws me to the brand with, yes, some pseudo-French thrown in there and, well, let's call it spade a spade, a clear attempt at mimicking the 19th century or early 20th century Art Nouveau style of the La Durée brand. But I'm still really drawn to the packaging. It's very well done. It looks very luxe to me. Or maybe it's also the fact that the sheet masks have been showing up continuously on my Instagram feed. In any case, these masks apparently were selling like hotcakes in 2017 and 2018 in Korea. Koreans are very discernible in their tastes when it comes to sheet masks, so there has to be something to them, right? The Chalon de Paris sheet masks come in five different versions. Luna Premium, Alba Rosa, 
Premium, Aurora Premium, Memoria Premium and Stella Premium. Apart from our usual faves such as Centella Asiatica, Collagen, Aloe Vera, Niacinamide, Hyaluronic Acid and Ceramides, these masks also feature fascinating ingredients such as Origanum Extract, Bamboo Extract and EGF which is a peptide set to help boost collagen production of the skin, which in turn helps smooth out wrinkles and improve skin firmness. All their masks are free from alcohol and artificial fragrance, so I'm guessing they may contain essential oils? Question mark. Although a couple of Amazon reviews all said they do not seem to have a scent, so fingers crossed they seem to be completely fragrance-free. These aren't cheap, so um, I'm not sure if this will just remain a wishful thinking list item for 2019. We'll just see what the year brings. But they are very, very intriguing to me. I'm also keen to finally try a different first treatment essence. As much as I love my Secret Key First Treatment Rose Edition, I am just too curious about other products to just stick to one. That's the plight of the beauty blogger. <laughs> we always want to try the newest thing. Or in this case, the essence that I want to try isn't actually new, but it's kind of gotten newly to my my attention lately. So the Cynic First Treatment Essence has been on my radar for a while, mostly because A, Director Pai mentioned it as one of her favorite toners of 2017. Because, okay, again, essence and toners in Korean skincare, they sometimes still confuse me. To me, this is an essence, a first treatment essence, and that's not a toner, but she uses it interchangeably. I don't know. My use so confusing. In any case, I think she said that it is ingredients wise very good very luxurious and this is the second reason why i'm really keen to try it it's really cheap it could be another cheap alternative for the sk2 essence which is very good but also very expensive it basically costs around the same as the two secret key essences so roughly around well it's usually between 17 and 19 dollars and the ingredients are just as nice as for the secret key ones and well maybe not comparable to the sk2 because i think the SK2 uses a different type of fermented ingredient, but this one contains galactomyces, niacinamide, and licorice root water, as well as seawater. So I'm guessing this should be very effective at brightening skin, improving overall skin texture, and it should provide easily absorbable deep hydration. So pretty neat altogether. And again, for very affordable price. I'm also looking to try other first treatment essences this year, especially from more obscure brands so products that might not be on my radar as of yet so if you have a good tip do let me know please now, Blanc Douce is another brand that I've mentioned here before with another pseudo-French name, I think. <laughs> Sadly, I've yet to try out their excellent-sounding hyaluronic acid toner from the, um, what was it called, the Lab skincare line. There is a new addition to the Lab line, and it sounds just as beautiful as the toner, just as minimalist, just as pure in its formulation, and super moisturizing without being too heavy. I'm talking about the Blanc Douce The Lab Oligo Hyaluronic Acid Calming Plus Cream, which I think will probably be more for drier skin types, but with advancing age, my skin does sometimes need stronger textures that still aren't allowed to be too overpowering because, again, then I break out and I get pimples on top of my wrinkles. And a uh, well-formulated hyaluronic acid cream is always something highly tempting to me because I love hyaluronic acid. This cream is, again, very promising alcohol-free, fragrance-free, essential oil-free. You know, I feel that more and more skincare brands are understanding that less and less people want these things in their skincare, which I think is very cool. As I've said many times, I'm a bit old-fashioned and I still <laughs> like things to smell nice. And I also grew up during the aromatherapy craze, so I used to play around with essential oils in my skincare and never had bad reactions. But it's not just about me when I blog, it's also about you guys and I know many of you do not want these things in your skincare so I'm always happy when I can actually look at products that I know I can recommend to a broader variety of people so this is very good news this cream contains three types of hyaluronic acid so high
high, medium and low molecular weight forms, beta-glucan, another highly effective humectant, and a number of richer oils and butters, such as mango seed butter. Guys, this one, I can feel it. This one is a winner. I just know it. And just like their toner, it is very reasonably priced at $17 for a 50 milliliter tube. So pretty sure I need to try this. It's calling my name. I can hear it calling my name. Another minimalist, clean and sort of, well, clinical in a good way. K-Beauty product I'm super keen to try is the Adstin Rejuvenation Pflegegear. Um, I'm not sure about the mishmash of German and English for the name, but that's just Adstin for you. Now, if you still don't know about this K-Beauty brand with the German twist, Adstin, then you clearly have not listened to this podcast before because I keep talking about them. And I also wrote a long blog post singing this brand's virtues. What Adstin does best in my humble opinion and uniquely so like no other brand I know is create textures that feel both luxurious and rich while actually being very light and never too greasy or overpowering. Their Regeneration Schild Creme is a good example of this and another good example for... <laughs> horrible mishmash of English and German or Korean brand. Anyway, still love them. And because I love them so much, I naturally instantly perked up when they announced the new Rejuvenation Pflegegeel, which I think came out last summer. I had so much stuff to get through that summer that I ended up not buying it, even though it's actually really affordable. It's a massive 130ml tube and it costs under $15. It came all 24. This is a transparent gel from what I understand and have seen in pictures. Probably not enough as a daycare product for most drier skin types, but very interesting for us oily and oily combo peeps and people in their 20s who don't need such rich textures, especially during summer. It's specifically formulated to keep sebum in check while still providing deep hydration, comparable to all those aloe vera gel style products from the whole host of key beauty brands, Holika Holika, Benton, these are the ones that come to mind what's the one that has like a hundred percent alcohol that everyone always makes fun of nature republic i think also makes one of those gels now the erztin fliegegeel is a far or gel but you would say gel because it's German, I think. I don't know. The, the Adstin gel is a far more sophisticated product than your average aloe vera gel from K-Beauty brands. It does contain aloe vera, hence probably the similar texture, but also skin-soothing and inflammation-fighting Centella Asiatica, mineral water from Nordenau, which is a healing water from Germany, very popular apparently in Korea, and Elantoin, another skin calm ingredient I'm probably mispronouncing and Fomes Officionalis mushroom extract. Now this mushroom again probably mispronouncing the Latin this mushroom extract apparently has sebum reducing properties so it helps to control oil and it also helps with skin tone and texture. This is a very interesting ingredient that I don't think I've ever seen in any other K-beauty products. This gel is very high up on my wish list because I love Adstin because it looks good and again it's super affordable and I feel it would work wonderfully well in case the next heat wave hits and um, well I live in the hottest and sunniest city in all of Germany so thanks to global warming I'm guessing it's gonna hit soon so I feel I need to prepare this time to not just hate all my skincare <laughs> during the summer and I did last year it was oh. I mean, I don't have to tell you, most people suffer through the heat wave. All right, next up on my wish list for 2019 are blue oils. You may remember me talking about azulene as a trendy skincare ingredient for 2018 and right through 2019 in my episode on five more skincare trends. Azulene or guayazulene is a blue, um, well... Uh, I still don't quite know how to explain it. A chemical compound that gives plants a blue tint. But it's not just a natural dye. It has amazing skincare benefits that Europeans, especially as Germans, you're welcome, have been using for centuries. Now, German blue chamomile is rich in azulene, hence the name blue, despite it actually being, well, white and yellow. And of course, in German, it's just called chamomile. <laughs> so this is the English name anyway. Um, it's the 
the main ingredient in most of the Claire's Midnight Blue Calming skincare line actually, German Blue Chamomile Extract or German Blue Chamomile Oil, which again has an actual blue tint from the azulene. Azulene can also be won from blue tansy and certain mushrooms. In skincare, it has healing, antibacterial, soothing and anti-inflammatory properties. It is also a powerful, powerful antioxidant. Well, lately I've been seeing more and more products pop up with a deep blue tinge, just like I predicted. Ha! Especially facial oils and oil serums with a deep blue color seem to become more and more popular and I really want to try those out. I did try the Claire's Midnight Blue Calming Youth Drops a, a while ago already. I think it was in 2017. They are also deep blue, but they aren't really moisturizing. They basically have the consistency of water. They really feel like water on the skin. It's very strange because it's hard to actually make them sink into the skin. I found that the best way to use them is actually to mix them in a cream or lotion or in a toner. That would probably work as well. They have anti-aging properties thanks to the peptides in them and they do have a soothing and calming effect on the skin thanks to the azulene, guaiazulene added to them. But they don't really help with anything else in my opinion they don't moisturize at least I felt that way now those deep blue oils should be a wonderful addition to an autumn or winter skincare regime especially for more mature skin types there are two blue face oils I'm eyeing up at the moment firstly the Bonaire blue smoother face oil which contains the blue tansy oil as well as a blend of lovely lightweight but deeply moisturizing oils such as marula sunflower flour and rice bran. It also contains a mix of essential oils, so this might not be for everyone. I expect this blue oil to be very moisturizing and potentially good at improving skin texture while also helping to reduce redness. Now the other blue oil that I'm almost more keen to try is the Yurang Whitening Blue Oil Serum. Yurang is an organic K-beauty brand that is currently trying to break into the German market and excitingly enough they will be at a gym an organic skincare trade fair that I'm attending in about two weeks, the Vivaness. I really hope to learn more about the brand at that trade fair and maybe be able to have a little chat with them and learn more about them because I think it's an interesting brand. The Yurang Widening Blue Oil Serum is a lot more minimalist than the Bonaire one with only four ingredients. Camellia seed oil, love it. Vitamin E, Bisabolol, which is a skin calming natural ingredient and of course chamomile oil. People are going mad over this oil. It was sold out for a really long time and it's definitely the brand's best known product. And again the packaging just spot on beautiful. I suspect this will be a wonderful simplistic but well-performing luxury oil especially suitable for dry and or aging skin but it could potentially also be beneficial for combo skin and anyone with redness issues. I really can't decide which one of these two oils I'd be keener to try. I just don't know. They It's a 50-50 toss-up but we'll see what the year brings. Now skincare pads were another trend I talked about in that trend forecast episode uh, which I did a while ago and yeah they still are a big thing. Sure we all know those peeling pads from Cosrx and all those other thousand brands who produce them. They have a slightly embossed surface, they're usually quite thin and usually are soaked in a peeling solution with predominantly AHA, sometimes BHA. Now lately a whole host of other ingredients are making their way into those pads and they are not not just for peeling anymore. We have toner pads, ampule pads, essence pads with fermented ingredients, even pads that are meant to be used as a sleeping cream or daytime lotion from Wish Formula. Quite fascinating. Now two pads are very high up on my wish list at the moment. The first ones I have mentioned here a couple of times I think since they just they just intrigue me so much. The Petite Fee Azuline Ultra Soothing Pads contain again guaiazuline and they are light purple which already makes me feel strongly drawn to them. So shallow I know. They are also really affordable at roughly $11 for 60 pads and I believe will be as the name says ultra soothing indeed thanks to a mix of calming ingredients such as Centella Asiatica leaf water, Medicacicide which is a compound 
found one from Centella asiatica, aloe vera, panthenol, ceramides, and hydrating hyaluronic acid plus glycerin. The other pet type I've gotten curious about lately is the Unbound Lab Hibiscus Smoother Pad. Now, I don't know if the hibiscus flower extract in those really does anything for the skin, truth be told. Told, I don't know, but these also contain PHA, so a gentle peeling acid, plus moisturizing sugar extracts and licorice root extracts. They just look super interesting and unique, and I just feel really drawn to them. And I like their mix of exfoliation and hydration. They're also pink, but this totally doesn't play into that. Ahem. Now, mark my words, skincare pads will remain a big thing throughout 2019. I look forward to seeing what 1,000 other versions K-Beauty will produce. The K-Beauty brand Cioris remains a brand that is still enchanting me whenever I see someone post pictures of their beautiful minimalist packaging and reduced sort of skip care, I guess, skincare philosophy. I talked about them ages ago and then kind of smiled to myself when bigger bloggers talked about the brand and everyone applauded them for quote-unquote discovering Sea Horus. I guess that's the plight of the small blogger. It's only a discovery when you have enough followers, I guess. Not enough people see me talk about this. But um, to be honest, I probably actually was inspired to talk about Sea Horus by yet another smaller blogger, so I doubt I was the first one to talk about them. I, Since I don't speak Korean, I probably saw it at someone else's page and was like, ooh, what's this? And then started researching them. I just always think it's funny when a more mainstream blogger uses a K-beauty product that we in the K-beauty community have known about for ages and then everyone's like wow you know these interesting brands where do you find your information and they probably found it you know looking at the page of a blogger or maybe Asian beauty enthusiast on Instagram (laughs) so I don't know. Again, the plight of the smaller blogger or quote-unquote influencer. So I still kind of want to try pretty much everything from Cioris, but especially their Cioris Time is Running Out Mist is that one skincare item that I'm just super eager to get my hands on. This is a biphase mist with an oily and a watery face that you combine by shaking the bottle, of course. You know the type. It contains hydrating Chinese plum blossom tree water and rich macadamia oil as well as a number of essential oils so again maybe not for everyone so many people love this mist however and i just feel it must be so wonderfully deeply moisturizing it's probably the ideal winter mist especially it's quite pricey however so i keep hesitating to actually purchase it to be honest but man Cioris is just such an interesting brand i really hope to get to know them much better this year i think and this might be a little bit controversial but i think Cioris is actually what huxley wants to be <laughs> oh yeah what have i said there opening a can of worms there but i don't know about huxley i sometimes i really like their stuff and sometimes i think they try to be minimalist and then the formulations don't seem to always really work that way. I don't know. But Cioris, I think that's the real deal. Now, last but not least, another skincare slash Asian beauty resolution I have for 2019 is to get more into non-Korean brands and products. I've said this before on this podcast. I feel that especially Taiwanese beauty is seriously underrated. And so I want to explore more products and brands from Taiwan, mostly to be finally able to devote a full episode on tea beauty, even though that sounds a bit clunky. So far, I haven't really tried that much and there are a number of brands on my radar, especially when it comes to sheet masks. I'm just dying to try out more of the excellent products coming out of Taiwan from great derma brands such as Dr. Wu, Dr. Morita, or Morita? I'm not sure. Love More, Mask Kingdom, Annie's Way, and so many more. Beauteous and Yes Style both have a really good selection of Taiwanese sheet masks. I also want to try some other Taiwanese products, however, that aren't masks. Dr. Wu, for instance, has a mandelic acid serum that I have been staring at longingly through the screen for what feels like a lifetime now. It's expensive, though, as most Taiwanese beauty products, to be honest, so it may just stay at 
that longing phase, not sure I'll be able to afford it. What I love about Taiwanese beauty is the level of innovation and professionalism. These brands are almost always connected to a skincare clinic and or developed by a well-known dermatologist. And the sheet masks very often use high-tech and interesting materials and ingredients. So, hey, T-Beauty, hi, I hope you and I will get to know each other better this year. Guess what? We are already at the end of today's episode. I know no craves, faves or misbehaves this week again, but again, I just talked about all the craves for the entire year, so let's just give it a rest for now. Somehow this felt like a short episode, even though my recording timer is telling me otherwise. I guess time flies when you're having fun. As always, you can find all the products mentioned here today linked in this week's episode notes, which I will publish on my blog Sugar Peaches Loves at Sugar Peaches Loves Net. Apart from the episode notes, there's also heaps of other K-beauty content written in English. And I hope you take out some time to browse the English section of my blog. Maybe even leave a comment if you feel like it. I always love to hear from you guys. I actually received a lot of lovely, super sweet messages and emails these past weeks. I think, again, thanks to that shout out on Reddit. Sorry if I haven't replied to you yet. My last few weeks were a bit dark thanks to the birthday blues catching me off guard. I'm better now, but I'm still catching up on things I missed when I was in my dark depression hole. But just know that I read every single message you write to me, guys. And I'm really grateful and I always feel so warm and happy reading about this. I get so emotional, but in a good way. <laughs> when people tell me how they listen to this podcast to calm themselves down or to fall asleep, I feel it's an honor to think that you feel soothed by my um, strange German accent. <laughs> Now, apart from, of course, totally reading my blog and following it, you should also follow my podcast's Twitter at kbeautypodcast to never miss an episode. And, of course, my Instagram account, you should also follow there, definitely. It's at sugarpeachesloves. Instagram still hates me, basically, and it's such a damn struggle to be seen on that platform. So any support through likes and follows is deeply, deeply appreciated. Will I ever get get over that damn 4k follower threshold I've been chasing these past months. God only knows. I always thought that I would just chase towards 10k without any problem. I don't know why I was this self-confident about Instagram, but man, it's just been a snail's pace. If you have any questions, queries, topic suggestions, or you are a brand and you are interested in co-creating with me, then you can reach me via email at sugarpeachesloves at gmail.com. I am a freelance content creator, so I'm very happy to work with and advise you. If you feel that this podcast has been helpful to you in any way, please consider sharing it with people who you think may also enjoy it. And maybe even, dare I ask, consider giving it a five-star review. This is still the best way to support me and to support this podcast. If you want to further support my work as a blogger and podcaster, then you can use the affiliate links provided in the podcast episode episode notes and in my blog articles when you make your beauty purchases. This does not cost you any extra money whatsoever and it helps me so much. You don't even know how much this helps me. Now some of you have started to ask me about maybe doing a Patreon to support the podcast and to finance it but... Uh, I'm in two minds about this. I still don't feel fully ready to start one, mostly because if I do, I really want to make sure I can promise far more regular episodes and extra content to justify your monthly support. So I feel it needs to run a bit, a little bit longer. More people need to listen to it regularly for me to think that it makes sense to really professionalize it even more. For now, if you really wish to, you can also donate to my Ko-Fi page, which I will link in the the episode notes. It's a more casual support system. It's a one-time, one-off PayPal donation, roughly the amount that a takeaway coffee would cost. You can also buy more than one virtual coffee, of course, just as you please. I think it's just a one-time donation of $3 for each quote-unquote coffee. This is totally optional, but again, because some of you have asked, if you really want to, then you can go to that page. It's always linked in the episode notes, and you don't sign up for any subscription. It's just 
a donation if you feel that this has been really worth your while and if it's if you want to help me but again I feel kind of weird even talking about this you can subscribe to this podcast either on iTunes of course or on Stitcher and you can also listen to all the K-Beauty podcast episodes either on my blog or on Podbean which is my podcast hosting platform I really hope you enjoyed listening to me dream about all the products I want to try out this year and maybe you felt inspired to add a few to your own wish list for 2019. Let's meet up again next time and see what amazing products the year will bring for us key beauty and skincare lovers. Until then, happy masking, layering and pat pat patting. Bye, take care and as always, thank you so much. Bye.